Hello everybody, this is Lindsay with Tea Time with Linz, a podcast about creatives. Once again, thank you Poe the Passenger for the intro and outro music. Go check them out on Spotify and iTunes and all that jazz at Poe the Passenger. Today's guest, I have British actress Helen Kennedy. Not only is Helen a wonderful actress, she is a fabulous writer and a voiceover artist who originates from Dorset and is currently based in Los Angeles. Helen is a professional member of BAFTA LA and is an emerging name in the video game world too. After having voiced several characters for the world of Warcraft, Shadowlands in 2020 and Raccoon Lagoon. Helen trained at the wonderful Breton Hall, which we will discuss. Um, and today's theme is all about taking breaks and creating your own work. It's the two themes. All right, well, let's get on with the show. You can follow Helen on Twitter at HelenKennedy1, and you can also follow her on Instagram at HelenKennedyTurner1. All right, and let's get on with the show. Enjoy. Thanks for joining us, Helen. Thanks for having me, Lindsay. It's very exciting. It is very exciting. It's lovely to see your pretty face. Well, likewise, back at you, darling, because I haven't been able to see you for ages because I haven't seen anyone. Oh, yes. Yes, there's that. Yeah forgot about that old nugget so Helen you're currently in Los Angeles I am yes and why do you why don't you tell us your story so far and then we'll do some questions okay my darling (laughs) that sounds great my story so far well Dorset girl born and bred love it strong in the arm but thick in the head that's that's how the (laughs) saying goes now that's how the saying goes but whether that's True. It's hopefully not true in my case. But um, anyway, so Dorset Girl Born and Bred, yeah, that doesn't set things off to a positive start, but who cares? Um, I am past caring. It's a pandemic. And so, yeah, Dorset, um, yeah, so brought up in Dorset, northern parents from Barron Furnace, you know, sort of working class shipbuilding town. I say that because we didn't entirely feel like we fitted in, you know, with the Dorset hunting and shooting set. Um, <laughs> So in order to sort of fit in, mum and dad sent me to have elocution lessons when I was, um, I know you're probably thinking what the hell went wrong, Helen, um, my elocution lessons when I was a child. So I, think I had that... elocution lessons later on. Just oh, 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 hey, yes. Of well, I was probably yeah, about 17. But... Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think, and I, I think um, that was the only bit of school I enjoyed, actually, when I look right now, because I was taught by nuns at a convent. Uh, you know in a very sort of dark gothic building they're very you know nuns aren't famed for their humor (laughs) (laughs) really I thought they were really comedic well-timed women yes like the lovely ones in call the midwife yeah 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 if you want a biscuit yeah that'll be nice sit down with us and yeah, no. Um, so anyhow, the point being, I think that turned me on to voices, accents, you know, within that I'd perform a little bit. Um, and so, yeah, then I, you know, I, I was interested, as we all are in many things growing up, usually always on the creative side. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that really sort of um, I felt most lit up by really was the performing and the acting. So I think uh, it got to, yeah, so basically I went tr- and trained. Um, I kind of had a feeling early on I needed to get out of Dorset to make anything <laughs> bloody happen. <laughs> you know, the, the, the showbiz wasn't going to come to me there. So, yeah, and I, I didn't audition for all the big 
sexy ones in London, <laughs> drama school wise. I auditioned for, well, some were quite sexy. Like I auditioned for Rose Bruford, Manchester Met. Um, Guildhall wouldn't even see me for an interview. No. Um, I know, that's all right. Um, basically, I'll skip to the end. I didn't get into any, and apart from what, so, so you can imagine I wasn't getting into any, right? I didn't mm-hmm. audition for RADA Central, the big, big, sexy ones. I auditioned for about five on the outskirts, small university type places. But then, of course, I found out I got into Bretton Hall. And that, and that was actually the one that, you know, they saw me act, do Shakespeare, do modern mm-hmm. comedy. They saw the full range of stuff. And so I wasn't expecting to get into that one um, because I basically had rejection, rejection, rejection. So I got in and I think because of that rejection initially, I wanted to be, you know, I thought, I felt like I had to work extra hard to be, you know, really, really good. So I got involved in a lot of extracurricular, you know, plays and accent classes. And I mean, you know, so I went went for it, trained for three years. And um, again, casting directors, are they going to get on a train all the way up to Wakefield, Yorkshire to watch you in a theatre that is now a t- an Italian restaurant. Oh no, I was so Probably. sad when I heard about that. About <laughs> oh god, yeah, so for those who don't know, Breton was actually in a lot of debt and Leeds University bought it out. Sadly, they then shut it down not long after that. Mm. Um, so unfortunately, Breton Hall is no longer, but in its day, it was had a fantastic reputation. Um, it wasn't just about the, the acting side, it was all about, you know, empowering you to write direct mm-hmm. um, all of those elements which so really in a way it was a fantastic fit for me because I've since gone on to not direct but write and create my own material as well yeah so, so yeah and it's a beautiful beautiful place but yes it's now being turned into a, a, a hotel spa oh. so and yeah our old showcase theatre is an Italian restaurant uh but in its day it was (laughs) it was great and it was just perfect for me so I do think sorry my love go on no I was just gonna say I do remember it was a huge I thought it was a big one when I was doing auditions I never applied there but because it was I didn't want to go too far north I was it was weird um I was a southern girl so I stuck in the south but it was one because obviously the legal gentleman went there yes and I was really obsessed with them so so am I still, yeah. Yeah, um, but it was funny because in the first year of my university life at Kingston, I just wasn't really jiving with the whole course and stuff. And so right. I, I then did apply. But then I chickened ah. out because I was just like, oh, you know, you get that whole dripping, I'm not good enough. Oh, every day, mate, yeah. every day. Yeah. So then I just didn't, <laughs> yeah. I, I just didn't bother because I was just like, oh, I'm just going to stick here. But Kingston's yeah. fantastic. I always heard great things about Kingston. Yeah, I once I found my groove I really really loved it it was just like settling in you know what it is yeah like, I know I know totally know. yeah I, I totally understand and Bretton Hall was in the middle of the Yorkshire Dales in the, in the middle of the Yorkshire Sculpture Park you know so uh-huh. I mean if if, a, if endless fields of sheep and cows <laughs> with random Henry Henry Moore sculptures is your thing <laughs> then that, you know where the nearest place is Wake Wakefield then uh-huh. that then and that actually happened to be my thing but if it's not, and you're maybe from more urban areas and, you know, a lot of people left in the first, you know, Freshers Week even because they were like, what the hell have I come to? It's in the middle of nowhere. It was just too remote for some people, which, you yeah. know, I totally get. Um, so skip to sort of 21 years later, you know, I went for it. 
I had so many agents over the years. Mm-hmm. I lived in, I was in Yorkshire for seven years because I figured, you know, all my contacts because of training there were up there. So let's not move to the big city yet. So yeah, um, everyone, I mean, you know, I, I'd work four bar jobs. I remember at one point I was working, I was living in Homeforth where they used to film Last of the Summer Wine. Oh. And uh, I was, I'm not kidding you, Lindsay. I was working three bar jobs and at Bargain Booze uh, at the same, you know, because, because, you know, I could have my rent sorted few shifts blah 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 and then I was free to audition of course yeah. I was coming down from Yorkshire to London that's to audition that's a long which way. Is, when I look back now that's that's kind of insane but you do it at the time don't you because you know the rent was so cheap up in Yorkshire yeah you know, I remember it was like 60 pounds a week oh my god <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I know I know I, I put in two bar shifts and, and I'd have my rent sorted for the week so <laughs> so that but but then you know when an audition came and it's last minute Mm-hmm. so anyhow then skipped to I um, actually did move to London in 2008 and that's when things really picked up so I decided because I'd be working in the, one of these Yorkshire bars and they'd be like if you don't mind me saying love if you're an actress should you why are you why are you all the way up in fucking nowhere <laughs> sorry I'm, actually that's swearing I don't know if I, I should have cleared this no, before swearing sorry okay cool <laughs> I, I've been in I've been in America for four years now so now it's like I've gone back to this I've gone, I, I think, oh my God, I panic about swearing. I never did before. Uh, <laughs> um, they'd be like, what, what the fuck are you doing all the way up here, love? You know, shouldn't be, you'd be in London. And I just sort of think, oh, piss off, you know. Yeah. Um, no, I can make it work. I'll marry a Yorkshire farmer and, you know, somehow make that, <laughs> somehow make the, that work. Um, of course it, yeah it didn't so I, I moved to London in 2008 and then I you know I went for it I mean all I can say is in the last 21 years I did everything I thought was right to do mm-hmm. um, I, I never went traveling I never took time out I, I never seriously I felt bad even taking holidays you know because I was just so relentless about it yeah and you know occasionally I would start to book good stuff I actually wrote to Julian Fellows in 2000 and 2004 five Mm-hmm. and I couldn't believe it but he saw me for a meeting nice yeah I mean the only thing we had in common was <laughs> we both lived in Dorset <laughs> you know? but sometimes and, um, it's that one common thing that you're like oh yeah like if yeah. I meet someone from Essex or whatever or like know someone from yeah. Essex, I'm just like oh yeah you know what I mean because it's yeah, like there's a connection it's yeah connection. even if yeah. it's the smallest connection it's connection exactly exactly so I managed to get my CV or resume as we say over here um to him and then you know actually his wife called me his lovely wife Emma and I thought it was one of my friends taking the piss you know (laughs) 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 because it was so her voice is so rich and plummy and you you know just pure aristocrat and I I really thought it was one of my friends just taking the absolute piss out of me winding (laughs) me up Uh, because I'd never heard a voice like it you know I know and you know one in my network spoke like that Um, so they saw me again skip to the end of that Um, very very kindly he I was unrepresented but he saw me for a tv drama a a really decent role went went up to London auditioned um, and then Susie Brufin who isn't casting anymore she cast me but I was too young believe it or not at the time to do this role so they offered me this other supporting role which I was very very grateful for 
Um, it involved rolling around under a tree with a farm hand, saying, <laughs> saying the line, I'm ever so sorry, master, whilst doing up my top. <laughs> but do we expect anything else in this industry, you know, when you're starting out, <laughs> even when you're established? Um, oh my goodness. Hence why I ended up writing for table number six, the film that I guess we'll get to at some point. But anyhow, so, so yeah. Um, and then he, and then of course, a few years after that, he was making from time to time a feature film, period drama, looking for someone with a Dorset accent, tall, quite funny. And I thought, well, do you know what? <laughs> I can at least write and, and have a blooming good bash at this. Yeah. Um, so I wrote to him, got my agent at the time to write, and then he, and then I got cast. I couldn't believe it. Um, so this was 2008. So like things were really after moving to London, you know, things started getting together. And then um, and after that, the producer met me for coffee and said, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but you're on a casting list, a recommended list for a new series called Downton Abbey. <laughs> you know, and it's like it's you know, it's like one of those things when I look back, I'm so grateful and it was wonderful. But of course, it never happened like I didn't you know I never got called in for casting blah 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 mm -hmm. you know you can make whatever you know you, you can decide whatever reason that was for you know who knows maybe there just wasn't a part that was right blah 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 but for you can imagine years after thinking wow you know mm -hmm. but also it's bittersweet because you're like damn damn it you know I wonder uh, who you would have played I don't well I've actually watched it and I, I can't see myself in any of the role well when you're six foot you know I can't just play a sort of you know I can't just blend into the background I'm six foot I've got Dutch ancestry you know I've got my, my large Dutch cow milking and pastry making hands <laughs> I don't think they're gonna be closing off on your hands um well, let, let me tell you, in the middle of from time to time, when I was filming, I was playing Nelly, this house, Dorset housemaid, nurse, uh, nanny, and I was protecting the child, this actress. My hand came mid-shot, and suddenly I hear the director, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to say his name now, but we you know who it is. Yeah, so I was, it was this dramatic scene, and of course, you know, in the moment, my character's protecting this young child. She's her nanny. So my hand came round the, to the child, you know, to protect her. And of course, uh -huh. that brought my hand into the shot, at which point the director shouted, what the fuck is that claw doing in my sh shot? Get it out. It's a huge claw or something, he said. I mean... He, you know, oh I have I have a very large I have very large hands. I'm proud of them. They're my Dutch, you know, pastry making <laughs> hands, cow milking. Okay, I get, it's from my mum's side. <laughs> I've but just never noticed this about it's like, you. It's like it's like it's like. But can you imagine like your first big film? You're living oh the dream. Goodness. It's a period drama. You know, you've got your little bonnet on. It's 1823. You're doing your best Dorset accent and then your hand comes in the shot and it's like, get the fuck out of the shot. Get oh it gosh. out. And I, we had to reshoot it with my hand, you know. But again, deep down, I don't really care. But yeah. it's crazy that, as you know, so much of the industry is the, about the physical. Mm -hmm. 
um, height, you're too small, you're too tall, you're too, you know, this or that. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's probably the biggest, you know, that was my, the time I got, you know, closest to, you know, potentially going from just another actor to sort of being in something big. But, you know, I think what you've got to do is sort of think, well, any time that someone casts you or says something nice about your work is, it's a lovely thing. And then you just got to move on. Mm-hmm. You um, just have to let it go and just forget it about go. it. And then yeah. you just kind of yeah. also hope and pray a little bit. You hope <laughs> and pray. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, over the years, I've tried to learn different accents because I feel in England, there's such a lack of work mm-hmm. that compared to here that, I think you have to have a couple of accents at your disposal. Yeah. However, in England, I feel they only, they like to cast the real thing. They don't like you to necessarily do an accent. Yeah. Unless you're probably a well-known name. Um, So yeah, so then 2017, met my husband in London, moved to LA, thinking that I was going to be continuing to do acting, focusing Mm -hmm. on that. But with the pandemic, Um, with everything that's been happening um, I started to book some nice bits and bobs but um, you know it's a tough game as you know Um, yeah book some nice bits and bobs but I felt like I wanted to actually focus on more uh, writing performing creating films and more of the voice work yeah uh, video game voice acting that type of thing so I signed with um, Dean Panero my agent in voice agent in 2018 and then that's been an absolute joy working with them since then and they've I've I've, you know you you when you get a voice agent there's so much you feel so much pressure to book something and it can take such a long time and it it took me a long time to get that first one but then Mm -hmm. once that first one is is booked then you feel like you know the ball starts to slowly roll a bit more I feel like that's how I feel with just everything with voiceover work with acting work I feel like once you like I feel like it takes such a long time to book even your first gig like actual legit proper here's an actual paycheck type thing definitely but I feel like once that happens I don't know in my head I'm like it snowballs even if it's just a small snowball that gets bigger it's going to get bigger so with voiceover with acting just with everything I mean that's what I hope Oh, no, Lindsay, that's absolutely <laughs> right. No, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I think and it's, you know, doing some classes. I mean, you know, you and I are British. We trained for three, you know, properly in, in England, blah, blah, blah. But when you come out here, you almost get a bit annoyed at first when people are like, what classes are you doing? What classes are you doing? I did do an animation and gaming workshop about a year ago with JP Carliac. And that was just, that really opened up that whole world. And there's all sorts of habits and things that you can do that you're not actually aware of um mm-hmm. and that on tv on camera it would be perfectly fine for but but for voiceover it's like a whole as you know it's like a whole new world of, of sort of you know it, it comes down ultimately to acting that's yeah. the baseline isn't it mm-hmm. but then there's so much there's so many bits and bobs that I've learned just from doing those classes I haven't done a whole bunch of them but I have done some some accent ones and some video game ones and and all that and animation that type of thing yeah, I was in a scene study class when I first moved out here, I think for like a year and a half. But that is just like, you just go down a rabbit hole. Of it's great. down a rabbit hole. But it's just like, okay, how long do you want to do this for? Is it serving? But like, I feel like 
for me personally, once I've figured out that technique, I wanted to explore other stuff. Oh yeah, you, I don't, I think there's a culture in LA of like, once you're in a regular class, like you're gonna keep coming, right? You're gonna pay your dues, right? You're gonna keep, mm. you're coming back, right? You're coming back. It's like, actually, no, you don't, you can do it for as long as you want. Yeah. And I, I think there is a lot of pressure sometimes on these groups to keep coming back. Um, but yeah, I think if you've got what you need from it, what you don't need to you know, try something new, try something else, or just even work on your own. Um, you know, YouTube has so many amazing videos nowadays. You know, there's so many great resources, aren't there, just online? Oh, so many. So many. But yeah, I do think there is a bit of a culture of, I think because people don't necessarily train for three years solid, mm -hmm. of course, the, you know, they're going to need to do a lot of classes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes, it's interesting because I do, I like the fact that there are so many classes here and that you can meet so many different people yep. from so many different backgrounds. Like there's a class for improv, there's a class for scene study, there's a class for animation, voice, there's Love it. classes for accents, there's classes for motion capture. Like there's just so, it's, it's so thick with classes. Oh, and so you so get to right. pick and choose, but then I also feel like, okay, like when, when is enough enough? Because I also feel like when you're actually working on sets, that's a huge, huge, like, it's not a class, but it's a huge like learning experience. Oh, definitely. And you're learning on set, you know what I mean? Definitely. I mean, I learned screen acting through making mistakes in low budget films, which thankfully not many people saw. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I did the know. same thing. Student yeah, film. yeah, it's how you do it. Um, I didn't get any screen acting training at drama school. Um, so it was all learning by just doing it. And yes, yeah, student films, low budget, no budget. Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, I mean, for me, acting, uh, I'm, I'm not done with it, but I'm, I'm, let's just say I'm enjoying having a hiatus. I've, yeah. I've, not, I've not auditioned for film or TV in two years. And that was a choice to, to leave my management and just focus on the voice and the, and the writing and the performing. Well, you've had successes with your writing and performing that you've done yourself you. with uh, Hall Table Number Six. Hilarious. Thanks, mate which you obviously drew from experiences, own personal experiences. It's a magpie. I'm a creative magpie to sound like an absolute tosspot. But I, li <laughs> I like, to <laughs> I'm a creative magpie. I'm a creative um, magpie. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Actually, that is a better voice for it. Yes, I'm a creative magpie. Oh my uh, Punch me in the face, everyone who, who's listening. <laughs> Virtually punch away. Go for it. <laughs> um yeah yeah but because it because there are elements of me in her it, it, i've got to be careful what i say there's there's elements of a lot of people in her character uh-huh and there's elements of me for sure yeah, oh yeah I mean, you know that <laughs> i mean it was loosely based on an hbo tv show that i did in 2012 i was in three episodes decent little role great little role but i did need to get nude in it Oh my God. Every single episode yeah. or just, oh. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's HBO though, darling. I know, darling, I know. If you don't I'm see just... a tit in one episode of HBO, then what, what's the point? <laughs> I know, I, I know, what is this thing I know, I know. Um, you know, if it's not tit, full tit, it's, you know, a, a portion of side boob. You know? <laughs> so, but luckily when it came to my you know, characters sort of arc, the important emotional scene, they cut, 
you know they cut above you know so it was it was taste it was tastefully done looking back but there was a moment when you know I won't say who but we were rehearsing mm -hmm. and the, the other actor of course a big name was saying uh well when we go in you loosen my tie I'll take my jacket off then then you will take my shirt off and bit by bit so you know it's even Stevens came to it action it was you know literally in one in one movement I it was I was completely you know butt naked and he had a three-piece suit and winter woolen overcoat on oh my gosh buttoned up to the top and it was just in that moment I thought you know something ain't right here um you know how you first of all logistically I'm not sure how two people are going to get down to it <laughs> you know this doesn't doesn't help things along very well um but so that for me was like you know it's that it's that mix of emotions like oh wow bbc one prime time yay but but um but but you know it's that thing of like you're proud mm -hmm. and you understand that you know it's a decent role yes i need to be naked in parts but that feeling of like wow the, you know the guy was wearing what he was wearing there's such an imbalance there mm -hmm. and Oh, clearly and then on doing some further digging finding out that anyone who gets naked any actress who gets naked on in tv or film mm -hmm. from unknowns like me to big names like Helen Mirren or Kate Winslet or whatever that footage is sent by the studios ahead of the air date to sites like Mr Skin their tagline is fast forwarding to the good bit since 19. 1997 or something so basically it's a database of all nude footage I'm saying it the American way nude footage of actresses <laughs> oh, wow. um so basically anyone who gets their kit off I'm saying actresses not actors of yeah. course um because it's all aimed at you know male gaze the male market uh -huh. it will be they will be they'll have a whole right I mean I had a whole write-up on there you know I mean, when I'm a wrinkly old granny, I'll probably be really proud of that. <laughs> but when you, <laughs> but at the time, it's a bit mortifying. It's a bit bloody mortifying because, but it's not just you, it's everyone on there. And from there, that footage gets onto all the dirty little porn sites. Oh my goodness. So, so that's the real reason I wanted to write Whore Table Number Six was to sort of explore I mean, I wrote it as a proof of concept for a, a sort of web series, a short form series called Breast World. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, because obviously, again, I love the show Westworld, but watching that, I was like, here we go again. Tip, 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 tip. Yep. Tip, 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 tip. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm no prude. I don't mind seeing, of course, it's great seeing a naked body, but Outlander, I have to say, I've been watching that. Now that has a healthy tip to ball sack ratio like that yeah very healthy um so again things are starting to change i think yeah but they're definitely i feel like they're definitely uh going to or they're definitely switching and changing but just really quickly with whole table number six is when i remember you telling us about the whole concept of it and this and the other it just was cracking me up because first oh, of all it's a so relatable and yes. we've all been in a situation like that but then I also had a friend before I moved over here she we were sitting in her garden and then she was just like Lindsay your type 
you're not Nicole Kidman, which I was just like, I never said what? I was. Yeah. Yeah. And then she was just like, oh, you're going to end up playing a dead bodies. And I was like, oh, thanks. Thanks. Um, so just wow. what, like listening to that concert and then watching it, I was like, hilarious. Because a lot of times women do just end up as dead bodies on TV shows. Yes, yes, ex- no. exactly. Well, she sounds very motivating. Yes. yes. I've, I've um, wow. So kick ass after that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. Um, I think um, it, it's true. I think the reality is uh, there's so few parts going. I mean, there are parts going, but it's, it's having to look a certain way, be a certain way, have certain... Cra- I mean... I found it when I was really going full throttle at trying to get onto TV here, found mm-hmm. it very difficult to book. I mean, I eventually booked one thing, but basically I was on a family holiday. The sh- they, weren't, they weren't due to shoot until three week, weeks time. So I thought, oh, now I'm good to go and see some family, have some quality time, which as you know, when you're going full throttle for TV and film, it, you know, there's always that feeling of like, oh, I better not switch off. I better have my phone on. Yeah. I better... I can't take any time out in case I miss something. Anyhow, cut to the end. I got it. I got cast as this reporter character, you know, nice little supporting role. But I didn't, I basically, I got a call from my then manager the night before the shoot. She calls me and says, you need to get on the plane this evening. They're shooting now tomorrow morning. You need to be there at 5 a.m. And I'm in Orlando, Florida. This is LA. So it's like, wow, first of all, it would be nice to have maybe given them a heads up that I'm out of town. Um, it's all this kind of stuff, but you don't question it at the time. You say, oh, thank you. you know, I'll make it work. I'll make it work. We had to leave halfway through the holiday. It, you know, obviously, as you know, you're a family person. It was, it's, it's, it was very difficult saying mm-hmm. goodbye to nieces and nephews. I mean, there's worse things to go through in life, but at the time, I felt you sort of part of you feels like a horrible human being because you're having to leave your family holiday halfway through course got all the way to LA Kai and I left packed our bags left at 4am got there I went straight to set okay skip to the end of that when I watched it on the television I have 50% of my blurry face in the background it's just I I want to say it's unbelievable but I 50 not even the full blurry face not even not even 100% blurry face like you know you come you know and, and I tell you what Lindsay it was in that moment I thought I think I'm ready to take a break yeah I think, I think I'm ready to try and focus on other things that are going to be like number one more able to sort of work around the things I want to do like family holidays and time off mm-hmm. but number two just not so bloody arbitrary you know it's just amazing I mean and that came off a table read I I, I was replacing an actress for this table read and I had 11 characters to read in front of all of the big cheeses at ABC Mm -hmm. and it was one of those it was one of those dreamlike days when you know they emailed my manager after they're like Helen was a rock star like wow 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 brilliant 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 but that trans that you know what what led from that was yes a booking but I couldn't even get my (laughs) my face on camera to say Mm. one line you know um I mean, it's brutal. It's brutal. It is. You know, and, and on, you know, on a positive note, yeah, of course, I was grateful to have a credit. But, you know, after all of that, 
you know, I was reading 11 main characters doing the accents, blah, 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 great feedback. And then, you know, but, you know, to have that, it just made me think, gosh, you know, I don't doubt that if you keep going and you're getting great comments about your work that you will get there eventually. But after that, it just made me think, oh, I just need to have a break, I think, just to step step away. And I think, you know what, I feel like that isn't a bad decision. I feel like I've been in LA for a long time and I've gone through so many different agents and managers who just haven't known what to do with me. Yeah. Just haven't put me out for stuff. I've stuck with agents and managers for like a year, a year plus to give it yep. time, to give it that whatever. And then nothing's happening. And then they're just like, oh yeah, because they we're not submitting you for stuff and we're not submitting because we just don't know. And it's it's just such a weird thing like I remember one agent who I signed with very early on he was like I'm not going to submit you for the first six months because I just want to see these stick and I, I was so desperate I was just like oh yeah that's fine that's fine and then after that I was just like what was the fucking point of even taking me on if you're not mm. going to send me out no no that's insane it was just so random and I just feel like taking a step back taking a break concentrating on something else yeah if it's creative or not creative family whatever it that is I feel like that's a super healthy thing mentally and physically you're so right you're so Um, right because there's a lot of people Lindsay as you know in this town who are mentally not in a good place yeah you know and you and and you to try and make out who is an actor you know you start to see all the all the things you have to pay for the subscriptions Mm -hmm. you know not being able to claim for certain things because you know I mean it's it's not built to really yeah, to, to factor in, you know, your mental health and all of those elements as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I have to say, of course, we met doing your brilliant piece, Fateful. And, Thanks, you know, yeah. you have really inspired me. Um, I just thought, here's, I thought, here's, here's a woman that <laughs> goes out there and, and like you wrote a brilliant script. It, you know, it was so beautifully written. You did a great performance. Still plugging that. How long ago was that? How long ago did we do that? Yeah, well, but I know, I know, but it's so long. So it's it's another thing. It's like it was so inspiring, though. It really was. It it helped. It definitely inspired me to go out and try and create my own stuff as well. Well, I do appreciate that. It's just so that was 2017, I think that was 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Four years later, I'm still sending up the script. Still trying to like. I've actually put it into a short film. It's just yeah. It's just, it's, that's the nature of the game though. It's just difficult, especially when you're unknown. Yes. And people don't know who you are. Yeah. And you're just, and that's the other thing that I feel like I've come up against. I remember way back in the day, I was doing like a week long course somewhere mm-hmm. and they had written a short film and they loved my work. They loved, like, we enjoyed working together as an ensemble. And they were just like, we can't cast you as the lead because you're not known. Mm, and this was in okay. Spain. And we were just like, we need like a famous like Spanish person. And it wasn't because I wasn't Spanish. It was just, they just needed a name. Yeah. And so I feel like I always carried that around with me as well. Was just like, I've got to make myself a name. I've got to make myself a name. Mm. And that pressure of that. Oh, yeah. Is unbelievable sometimes. I, I, I totally hear what you're saying there. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, talking of Spain, I remember 2013, 
I was, I mean, of course, I'm not a name, but I was replacing a name. So the, there was that sense of pressure, like, wow, mm -hmm. you had a big name. And, and they, were they, were, they were filming in Madrid. They'd cast an American actress who, I can't remember her name now, but she was, she's quite a big name. And she dropped out last minute. So they were just find, trying to look for someone in England to do an American accent. Mm -hmm. so, and that was just a short film. But that was shot so beautifully and the script was so great. That, that did really well on the festival circuit. And yeah. that, that was another highlight, I think. But, that, but like you say, there's always that thought of like, but I'm not the name you wanted. But it's also a thing of like, well, I'll, I'll damn well act my socks off though. So, you know, and the film did well anyway. But yeah, it, that is how it's all sort of designed, isn't it? But I think that's again why it's so freeing to just create your own content um I think, yeah I think absolutely and I really implore people to write stuff even if you're not like I'm I wouldn't say that I'm a writer by any means but I write stuff all the time I'm not you are well you are you know what I mean yeah you are a writer I know what you mean though I'm always beating myself up like I should be doing more I should be working on this should be whatever but you know again especially in this pandemic you just got to give yourself a break sometimes I mean you've already made several projects and some people will go through their whole life probably, you know, wanting to create something. I mean, and never, never yeah. getting it off, never getting it off the laptop, walking out the front door and actually getting it made. So, mm. you know, true. I mean, I, I was that person for, a, for the most part of my career, you know, when it comes wow. to sharing my work, sh sharing my writing work. It's very, it, you, you're so vulnerable, aren't you? And it's, mm -hmm. and I, you know, when you examine it, I think the fear for me was, what if it's shit? I think that's a fear for everybody. Yeah, it's a fear for everyone. What if no one likes it? What if it exposes me in a way that is a bit embarrassing? It's all yeah. this vulnerability comes into it so much, <laughs> doesn't it? Um, but again, when you realize what the worst thing that can happen is just a bit of constructive criticism. Yeah that can only strengthen the project, then mm -hmm. there's kind of nowhere, you know, it's, you realize actually it's good, not to share with everyone, but to sh I think it's sharing with the right people who you know are gonna, who you respect professionally and you just have a mutual respect for. Yeah. And you know, they're not gonna bullshit you. They're, yeah. gonna, they're gonna, you know, be, be sort of kind and nurturing, but also tell you where things are lacking as well. I it's think, <laughs> yeah. I think I told you this, but yeah, I'm talking like, I don't know, 15 years ago, I was dating this guy for a hot second, complete mess. And I showed him a script that I'd written and he tore it to pieces, absolutely oh. ripped it. Oh, you've given asshole. me a shudder. You've given me and a shudder. Oh. Then I asked him for constructive criticism because I was like, okay, well, you hate it so much. Can you tell me like exactly what you hated, why you hated it? was there anything you liked like all that stuff and he was just like I just hate the subject and it was this comedy it was um it was called Amjam it was based on amateur dramatics and which I'd lived in for a very long time growing up and so I Brilliant. knew it inside out and so I was just like these people these are real people these are real situations it was kind of it was a mockumentary basically that's what I was yeah. going for and I never did anything else with it because I was so fucking distraught and I was just like what a complete arsehole what like, a, well I have to agree one absolute asshole yeah I mean isn't that again that that's a that's such a good example of like sharing it with the right people mm -hmm. sharing it with people yeah who are who are 
professional, you respect their work, but you know that they're going to give it to you straight. But also, but before that, um, you know, say the good things about it. I mean, it's it's like any feedback, isn't it? In any relationship, you've got to say the good stuff first. Yeah. You know, but yes, I mean, honestly, Lindsay, I've had things in England, projects that I've spoken about or blah, blah, blah. And if you're, you know, I've had sort of negative people sort of say, oh, no, well, if you're going to shoot period, that's you won't be able to afford that. That, No, that will cost too much money or sort of they naysay, don't they? And actually Mm -hmm. that script hasn't come out. You know, you don't touch the script again. You know, it's amazing. Again, it's like getting that balance about being around positive, nurturing people Mm -hmm. who really get you creatively. Yeah. But who aren't afraid to say, actually, this needs working on. Or, yeah. or, or this character needs more development. Again, there's so many diplomatic ways to give these notes, aren't there? Mm-hmm. And, and people who lack that, well, they can piss off. They can piss off. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just like, well, what's the point? Like, you're not serving me. You're not being a supporter. You're yes. not being a rallier. You're just being a negative Nelly. And honestly, negative oh. Nellies don't exist in my world. Because they totally. can't. Totally. No, know? I'm like that. I just cut them out. Mm-hmm. I just dead to me dead to me <laughs> <laughs> you are dead to me I cut you out <laughs> negative belly. no that's a horrible cod Russian accent I do apologize for that no you're fine um, so but yeah I, no, I quite enjoyed it actually so it, well it's an energy sap isn't it it's like it is an energy sap yeah I, I know I don't know about you in this pandemic but you know I think we're all doing a lot of reflecting Hang on, uh, Helen's just only just noticed. Hang on, what else we got to bloody do? That's Sorry. all we've been doing. That's all we've been doing. Oh, I know, I know. Up. I know. <laughs> I mean, reflecting in like self-reflection, reflecting on relationships, mm-hmm. reflecting on all sorts of stuff. I mean, because yeah, let's say, let's just face it. Like you say, we've got a lot of time. And I think one thing I've realized is I don't want to, yeah, exactly waste energy on people that don't return, a, who don't return that kind of positive energy, mm-hmm. you know, um, that just sort of you, you speak to them and they'll dump on you mm-hmm. like all of their stuff. And then you, and then at the end of that, they'll say, I feel so much better talking <laughs> to you. And it's like, you've, they've asked you nothing about yourself yeah and you come away thinking well I'm really glad you feel (laughs) I feel like (laughs) you've drained the life out of me Uh, oh my god one little flicker of light I had you fucking blown out (laughs) yeah you've blown it out (laughs) I know I know um yeah I think particularly in the pandemic our energy resources you know we've got to protect that kind of stuff you really do and it's very yeah. I do know a lot of people who are suffering because of from depression and all that stuff right now because it oh, is hard um but that's so sorry me me too um I won't mostly women have told me because I think women are naturally better at sh- uh, there's less stigma and, and about women sharing you know mm-hmm. but but so many women and 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 some men I know yeah have gone to the doctors gone to the gp got yeah antidepressants 
had really, you know, what one person I know had a full, you know, actually a few people I know just had full nervous breakdowns last year. Especially when you're in this industry and you're trying so hard and it's all been put on hold and there's nothing you can do about it. But then yeah. that's coming back to the whole creating side. Because I know that before the pandemic hit, you had just finished wrapping on Wasted Seed, a short film I, that you'd written. I, yes, I've only just finished wrapping it because, oh, okay, you know, shoot, cut, cut back to lot this time last year. Well, I say this time, January, February uh-huh. time, we'd, we'd shot 95% of, of the film. Gotcha, okay. Um, but then, of course, yes, the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. And then we had one pickup shoot left to do. And we're talking small clinical type shots. But thankfully, a few weeks ago, I got everyone COVID tested. I don't know if you've done that yet, but that's it's so much more stress trying to shoot even a little pickup shoot to try and organize and produce, you know, because even when people are tested, there's always the fear of what if you pick something up playing tennis tonight or blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. But anyway, we got that done. So thankfully, we're, we're wrapped now and we're, we're oh, fully. Okay. Yeah. It's 90% edited. We're just now going to be inserting those little cutaways that we shot. Because what we shot a few weeks ago was all the clinical elements, the injections, mm-hmm. the sanitizing. I I wanted to, I mean, so Wasted Seed, yeah, it's my next short and it's explores the humor and the absurdity and the trauma of going through infertility. Uh, and so I felt responsible to show, I wanted to show what actually goes on, which is, four injections a day um and so it was important for me to get all those to not be uh, gratuitous about it but to, mm-hmm. to show the actual reality of you know what the woman needs to do and but of course it's very much I wanted the film to show the effect psychologically on the man and the woman because it because sometimes it can feel because the woman has so many physical investigations that it, oh, she's the one that's going through it. But I think people forget that it has such a psychological toll on, on the man as well. Yeah. Um, and a lot of couples, of course, don't survive IVF. You know, they will, uh, it, it can split couples apart. It's such a traumatic experience. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's been wrapped. We're now in post-production looking for a composer and going to kind of grade it, all of that stuff. And then hopefully, who knows, get out on the festival circuit or at least try to yeah and that's more a different tone to whore table whore table is more a good old-fashioned sketch this is it does have humor in it but it's more of a dramedy tone you know yeah but it's amazing when you write a story and it's not until you see it in the Mm -hmm. first edit in the first lineup you don't fully understand that the the tone like you, you know you know the tone when you're writing it but it's not until you watch it that you go ah because I went, oh, okay, it's not very funny at all, is it? You know, I thought it was going to be funnier. But, um, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's because the nature of it and the way we performed it and everything like that, um, yeah. it's, it's, it's more moving than I was expecting. It's more, uh, what's the word, visceral. <sighs> My goodness, why well, I'm actually very excited to watch it. Oh, this is super Thank random. But Paris Hilton has a podcast out. And she has an episode with Amy Schumer. And I didn't realise oh. that Amy Schumer went through IVF. And Paris Hilton's going through IVF right now. Oh, thanks yeah. for the heads up. Yeah, I, I Just interesting Amy. listen. Just it, it really interesting. I'm definitely going to listen, yeah. I'm on Amy Schumer's... Well, actually, 
um, I, I'm, I'm not on her account. I follow her and she's, I really admire how um, transparent she is about it all. So transparent. You know, and like yeah. she, because of course, when you're going through it, there's this, you know, there's the emphasis on who's got however many eggs, you know, like more eggs are better. But she, it's amazing that she shared, I think she did a round of IVF. She got 35 eggs. Yeah. 25 or something fertilized and she only got one I say only it only takes one healthy embryo but Mm -hmm. she got one embryo from that and and that helps a lot of women I think and men Mm -hmm. because sometimes the emphasis is on you know the more the better but it's not true that's not true um so yeah I really admire her I mean I think it's an experience that so many people have gone through so I wrote it really for couples who are going through it and who might you know it's definitely not a Disney ending um I didn't want it to be oh the baby arrives and everything's tickety-boo you know because for a lot of people I know even now that's not the reality yeah Um, I wanted it more the focus on you know a love story a story of you know not losing each other in that very difficult journey Mm -hmm. and I think that's really important and I'm really, I can't, I, honestly, I'm so excited to watch it. Oh, thanks. Evan. And I'm probably going to cry. Yet. I'm just, I'm just oh, going to tell you that. I'm oh, Lindsay. Oh, Lindsay. Oh, Lindsay. Well, I hope I, I, hope I haven't hyped it up too much. Oh, God. oh yeah. Well, I, I mean, I want you to cry in the best possible way. Yeah, I want you to, yeah. Uh, um, oh, my word. Yeah. I mean, and again, it's like finding music that, um, it, you know, this is all new to me finding the right music you know you don't want it to um you don't want to, you shouldn't really notice the music I don't think I think it should just inform the, the work that's already there yeah well I feel um, like in films in general when you because a lot of times you don't even think about the music and sometimes I've watched yeah. stuff and then it's only halfway through the scene that I'm like oh there's me you know what I mean yeah. and that's what the beauty is the same with editing you shouldn't be noticing yeah. that stuff I know, I know. No. You see, I'm, I'm a total, I'm a total, as my mum used to say, ignoramus. Um, <laughs> in, her, in her Cumbrian accent, you're ignoramus. I'm an ignoramus when it comes to composing and that whole, it, it, it's magic to me how yeah. a, a really talented composer will do exactly what you just said, will put enough music into it where it just enhances the tone and the feeling but it doesn't distract. And, and like yeah. you say, you just don't really notice it's there. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I am very excited about seeing that Wasted Seed. And then I feel Thank like you. I haven't even seen any of the outtakes or like any of the footage, but I just feel just from like you telling me about the script. I remember you telling me about the script, what, four years ago or three years ago. Oh my and God, yeah. I feel like it's, I feel like it's going to do really well at the Hollywood circuit. Oh, thank I just, you, I love. I just Oh, that's lovely. You are, you are love. Oh, oh, no, thanks so much. That, that's really, that's really lovely. Um, yeah, I hope so. I mean, we were lucky we got Bamba Jan Bamba to play um, Ethan, the male lead. Mm-hmm. And he gives a really, really beautiful, just very, very, it just feels so real. Yeah. You know, and I think that's half the battle, isn't it? Casting the white people. Mm-hmm. So we were lucky to get him and and he's been really supportive. And actually, I'm baking him a, a batch of hot cross buns tomorrow. Oh, as an extra little thank you. Um, I to bake some of those. Oh, yeah, so you've just reminded oh, me. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love, I love a hot cross bun. Because it's, I know, I miss them so much. I miss them so much. And yeah. I also miss Revels, the, you know, the chocolates. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. But but I thought I'm not spending 20 bucks. I found them on Amazon. I thought, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I don't miss them that much to spend yeah. 20 bucks on a bag. No. Have you seen that? There's a um, I'll send it to you. There's um an Instagram um British snacks, I think they're called. Oh, I haven't heard of that. But I I mean they're obviously more expensive, but not twenty dollars. I don't know if I saw I don't think I've saw Revels on there. But oh well I, I'm definitely up for that. I do I, I am a fan of uh, licorice all sorts as well I'm pretty sure I saw those on there oh, oh. fantastic can't <laughs> wait oh I love my licorice all sorts <laughs> oh my goodness oh. well I'm so excited about wasted seed thank you I loved whole table number six and I also I just I feel like just taking a break taking like that huge reset button and pushing it and just coming back in like if you decide to come back into the whole acting and like auditioning and all that stuff fantastic and if not you've got your voiceover you're doing that and you're creating stuff and that I feel like when you're creating stuff that it just accelerates so much passion and so much joy and I always feel like something comes from it something really good comes from that do you know what I mean like wasted seed yeah I think you're so right about that yeah yeah I just yeah I just feel like I'm I don't know how long wasted seed is but someone might see it and be like that's a great proof of concept let's turn it into a feature film do you know what I mean so you just I, never know that's why I'm always like write stuff create stuff even if you think it's shit just do it no you're so right and 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 likewise with your projects and I loved working on Fateful with you that was one of the absolute best projects I've ever worked on and like I said you you not bullshitting you totally inspired me when I saw what you did with that you know and producing it as well yourself oh so bloody hard Especially it when is, you're trying to just do everything. Like, oh. oh, don't, don't. I, I did not sleep the night before we shot Wasted Seed. I didn't sleep at all. It's just yeah. so much pressure, isn't it? So much pressure. It's exhausting. And you just have everyone asking you questions 24-7. Even if there's another producer on set, it's just like, I'm just trying to do my job and start acting now. And so it's, it's really hard. Um, but then also really rewarding because you get, oh, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, something good from it. And Definitely. obviously, I don't want to be doing that forever. I understand why people produce and act I don't know if I could do it full time if that makes sense I agree you see like a director like I don't know Mel Gibson just pops into my head and he directs like whatever and then he's acting in it as well yeah great I think Ben Affleck does it a lot um I think it's great I just don't know if I could do it because it's so much stress it is too much I think Yeah, yeah it is it is yeah um I I think um what sometimes is helpful, like with Ways to Seed, I, t- I had two other producers and they, and they just said, look, just take your producer's hat off. Yeah. But it's hard. Sometimes. It's, it's hard. hard if you're just the only producer. It's, mm-hmm. it's hard to, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, but it, was, it was fantastic. I mean, um, as I say, what it, it's, whether you get into festival or not, whatever happens, I think, like you say, it's just about just writing from the heart and yeah. going out writing and making well. something. Writing what yeah. you know. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Yeah. Well, Helen, this was fantastic. This was such fantastic, a, darling. Such a pleasure talking to you. Oh, and you, um, my lovely. Yeah, and I can't wait to see you after the pandemic is over. I know. I want you to take me back to that fabulous hotel where we had the... Oh, the Langham. Hey, and I left my credit card there. Yeah. Yes. They film a lot of uh, Breastworld there. Oh, do they? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, yeah. I look forward to going back there. And uh, maybe it will be winter again by the time we meet, but oh hopefully sooner.
Once again, that was the wonderful Helen Kennedy. Thank you again so much for coming on to the show. I appreciate you and your time so very much. And I hope everybody gets inspired by that. By If you need to take a break, take a break. If you want to get some stuff done, write your own stuff and create your own stuff. Even if you don't think you're good enough, you always are. Just take those risks. Don't let other people's opinions dictate and reflect what you want to be doing. Um, because everybody's on their own path and their own journeys. So just take that leap and just have a bit of faith that it's all going to work out because it will. Once again, you can follow Helen on Twitter at HelenKennedy1 and on Instagram at HelenKennedyTurner1. Once again, thank you so much, Poe the Passenger, for the intro and outro music. See you next time. Bye!